Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Hello, welcome back to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program, April 4th, Monday, 2022. You guys really think Joe Biden's on the ball? Do you really, really think Joe Biden has his proverbial stuff together? Do you really think he's mentally fit, capable, and competent to run the office of the presidency of the United States of America? Well, my friends, let me just give you another thing to chew on. According to the Daily Mail, President Joe Biden suffered another brain cramp during a ceremony to commission the Navy's newest nuclear submarine, saying that the First Lady previously held the office of Vice President during the Obama administration. What? Gropey Joe Biden, age 79, was praising his wife Jill Biden, age 70, for her work and her commitment to military families after she was named the USS Delaware's sponsor during its commissioning in Wilmington, Delaware on Saturday. This is what the President of the United States had to say. Quote, I'm deeply proud of the work she's doing as First Lady with joining forces initiatives she started with Michelle Obama when she was Vice President and now carries on. Jill Biden was the Vice President, Gropey Joe? Really? Or maybe you meant Michelle Obama was the Vice President. No, neither Jill Biden or Michelle Obama was ever the Vice President. This was just the latest in a series of ongoing blunders, gaffes, misspoken words, statements, phrases, and utter confusion for the president, leading the White House to send out an updated transcript once again, which said changed the reference from she to I. The statement that they had to correct because Joe Biden is an idiot said, and I'm deeply proud of the work she is doing as First Lady with Joining Forces initiative she started with Michelle Obama when I was Vice President and now carries on. That's what the new official transcript reads. In other words, the official transcript is a lie. The official transcript is not what the President said. This is like a cop beating someone to death with a baton for when you see the video, reckless driving and the guy spits on the cop. And then the official report says the guy didn't spit on the cop. He pulled a gun out and fired several shots at the cop. It's the same thing. Joe Biden cannot formulate two coherent back-to-back sentences without screwing up. And then the White House has to play cleanup and lie on official government documents to cover up his mental declines. Do you recall back when you were in high school, or maybe even as far back as junior high, that one teacher who really, really seemed to care, who really wanted to see every one of her students succeed, who actually found a few bright, gifted, and talented students and decided, I'm going to work with these individuals to make sure that they are extremely successful and they'll remember me because I was a good teacher. I had several such teachers throughout my academic career, and I recall one of them saying, expand your vocabulary, learn new words, learn alternative words. Instead of saying, I'm aware of that, say, I am cognizant of that. I think Joe Biden learned a word when he was in junior high or high school, and that word was hyperbole. 
which is where he lives his entire existence in the land of hyperbole. There's an official White House statement that says what the president did not say. What this statement reads is, the daughter of a Navy signalman during World War II, the mother of a member of the Delaware National Guard, the grandmother of children who experienced having their father deployed away from home for a year at a time. She always holds our military and their families in her heart, and that's not hyperbole, that's real. I'm deeply proud of the work she's doing as First Lady with Joining Forces Initiative. She started with Michelle Obama when she, corrected to now say, when I was Vice President and now carries on. Okay. They could have at least corrected his grammar missteps as well, but no. They had to change the transcript, the official documentation, because Biden is inept, incapable not altogether there from the standpoint of mental faculty. Republicans, of course, continue to accurately cite Biden's cognitive decline as the main reason for the current administration's constant and continuous backtracking over each and every one of the multitude and growing numbers of blunders coming out of the word hole of your president. You might recall recently he told U.S. troops in Warsaw, Poland, that they were about to go to the Ukraine before suggesting that the U.S. might engage in using chemical weapons on Russia. He called for a regime change in Moscow, saying in late March, quote, for God's sake, this man, Putin, cannot remain in power, unquote. On Saturday, as Gropey Joe commissioned the USS Delaware, a nuclear attack submarine, he said it would greatly enhance national security and he made no reference to the global turmoil that is supposedly occurring from Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The First Lady, Jill Biden, was never the Vice President, ever. She was chosen as the sponsor for the submarine, and that's a role meant to bring the vessel good luck. During her remarks, she exclaimed, officers and crew of the USS Delaware, man our ship and bring her to life. The crew responded, aye, aye, ma'am. And as she applauded, sailors in dress uniforms ran behind the crowd, down the submarine, and lined up on the deck. The president also praised his wife's role during the ceremony when he said the daughter of a Navy signalman during World War II, the mother of a member of the Delaware National Guard, the grandmother of children who experienced having their father deployed away from home for a year at a time. The president went on to say, in error, that his wife was the vice president when talking about her accomplishments when she was the second lady, when Barack Hussein Obama was the president. The president was then asked by reporters if he wants Putin removed, to which he yelled no before getting in his motorcade. So which is it? Last week you wanted a regime change. Last week you wanted him removed. And then after being drilled and drilled and drilled by your own staff, you could manage to utter a one-word answer? An administration official said as Biden's motorcade headed for the Warsaw airport en route back to Washington last week, the president's point was that Putin cannot be allowed to exercise power over his neighbors or the region. He was not discussing Putin's power in Russia or a regime change. They just constantly have to go back and correct his goofs, his gaffes, his screw-ups. The White House has recently issued statements clarifying Biden's comments while he was touring Eastern Europe saying he didn't mean any malice to Putin's status as a Russian leader. In response to Biden's comment, which received little to no coverage on Russian state television, 
The Kremlin spokesperson, Dmitry Peskov, told reporters, this is a statement that is certainly alarming. After the Putin blunder, Biden said he is not publicly calling for a regime change in Russia, which is the largest nation in the world by area and has more nuclear warheads than any other nation. Abe Blinken, I'm sorry, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, told a news conference in Jerusalem that Biden was making a point that Putin couldn't be empowered to wage war, adding that decisions on Russia's future leadership would be up to the Russian people. Yes, the backpedaling, the crawfishing, the backwalking, it's getting to the point right now where even Little Red, Circle Back Girl, Jen Pisaki, has decided to call it quits. I guess you can only lie directly as a federal employee for the president for so long before it gets to you. Biden's off-script gaffes about Putin's removal and the Russian invasion of Ukraine have prompted many people to suggest that Americans need to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove the commander-in-cheat from office. A regime change right here in the U.S. The 25th Amendment outlines presidential succession. It gives the vice president and the cabinet power to remove the commander-in-chief from office through a majority vote in the event it is determined that he or she or it is no longer fit for office. It's never been invoked yet in U.S. history. But I think it's high time that we start considering removing this clown from office. That is the biggest fear right now in the Democrat Party. That if the Republicans gain control of the House and the Senate in the midterms, and having a conservative majority in the Supreme Court right now. There is a high probability, if not a high possibility, that impeachment will be the order of the day to get rid of this guy. And perhaps they could actually save face by using the 25th Amendment to simply remove Biden from power. March 28th, Rand Paul, the Republican senator from Kentucky, took issue with Biden's use of cue cards to answer reporters' questions regarding his off-the-cuff remarks about Putin. The reporters called out the president on his gaffe, and he had to look at cue cards for a canned, previously prepared answer in the event that question would come up. Rand Paul questions Biden's acuity, saying the aging president's remarks are a threat to national security, and they are. You can't find any justification for this man to remain in office with the gaffes he's making, especially when those gaffes involve threatening to remove a sitting president from a foreign nation, when threatening to use chemical weapons against a foreign nation, even if it's in retaliatory strike mode, we as a nation frown upon, the international courts frown upon, the use of chemical and biological weapons. And yet, your commander-in-cheat said, sure, we'll respond in kind. If they throw chemical weapons at us, we'll throw them right back. I mean, come on, man. This is the president. This is a national security issue. Rand Paul told Fox News, a lot of times when you're around someone who's in cognitive decline, you find yourself trying to help them with a sentence, trying to help them complete it. But we should not have to do that for the commander-in-chief. 
and it is actually a national security risk because he's sending signals that no one in their right mind would want to send to Russia at this point. We aren't trying to replace Putin in Russia. We aren't trying to have regime change. We're not sending troops into Ukraine, and we're not going to respond in kind with chemical weapons, unquote. Here's the deal. Rand Paul is a licensed to practice medical doctor. He's not just some talking head on some conservative talk show saying, I think Joe Biden is in mental decline. He is a medical trained doctor with experience in dealing with these types of people. And he deals with the president of the United States constantly and continuously as a member of the U.S. Senate. These people all know one another in D.C. At the back room, water cooler conversations, everyone, including the staunchest of Democrats. I would imagine Nancy Pelosi and Chuckles the Clown Schumer have admitted, at least in their inner circles, holy crap, Biden's mental case is declining. His mental capacity is diminished. His mental acuity is gone. Holy crap, what have we done here? Now, if their goal was to somehow backdoor in a black woman into the presidency, now's the time to do it, boys and girls. Go ahead, invoke the 25th. Get the feeble-minded old fart out of office. Move Camel Toe Harris into the White House. It will only be a matter of days, not weeks, not months, certainly not years, before she screws up royally and gets impeached. Her past shall come home to haunt her. Marjorie Taylor Greene is an outspoken Republican from Georgia. She's one of Joe Biden's most vocal critics, and she is absolutely hated by the mainstream leftist, liberal, progressive, woke media. She said the U.S. should look from within for regime change instead of calling for other countries to remove their leaders from power. She said, quote, the most needed regime change right now is the one in the United States for ruining our country, unquote. Very, very true, Ms. Green. Very true indeed. And this is the Truth Hurts Program. There's an article running around right now, why South Carolina women's basketball team don't come out for our national anthem. The bottom line is they're unpatriotic pieces of crap, and they don't deserve much more than about 30 seconds here on the Truth Hurts program. If you watch the South Carolina-Louisville game at the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament Final Four Friday night, you might have noticed only one team was on the floor during the national anthem. While Louisville's players and coaches stood on the floor of the national, for the national anthem, the South Carolina women's team hung out in the locker room. Why? Well, they claim it's about racial injustice. But it's really just about a bunch of very privileged women. Privileged. Very privileged women who get to go to school, to college on a scholarship because they can bounce a ball and throw it through a ring. Hell, monkeys can do that. Dolphins, if they could walk, could do that. I've seen dolphins put balls through hoops. It's not a big deal. And the fact is, who the hell was watching the NCAA Final Four Women's Tournament anyway? The ratings were disastrously low, as they always are. But guess what? Nobody cares! 
I don't. And so this story comes to an end. Disrespectful, entitled, spoiled children. The Washington Examiner posted a piece by David Fredoso. It says, lock him up. Biden, like Putin, wants his political enemy jailed. What continues to fascinate us about Trump's presidency is the fact that Democrats, out of a loathing for the man that exceeds all boundaries of rationality, have managed to exceed all of his supposedly norm-destroying transgressions. This was already apparent when Hillary Clinton refused to accept the results of the 2016 election, and she had the audacity to call Donald Trump a, quote, illegitimate president, unquote. You might recall before that, it was Clinton herself who feigned outrage over Trump's refusal during the campaign to commit to accepting that same election's result. Once she had lost, the shoe was on the other foot, but the media didn't report that. In the time since then, the Democrats have threatened to pack the Supreme Court to much more brazen power grab than anything Trump tried while in office. They also tried to remove the Senate filibuster to ram through extremist legislation with the slimmest of all majorities. This is something Trump had also demanded of his Republican allies to the feigned outrage of Democrats when his party held a Senate majority. Fortunately, cooler heads in the Republican Party uh, prevailed. Now that we have news that President Joe Biden was making noises about prosecuting the man he defeated in 2020, as recently as December, the offense for which Trump is supposedly going to need to be prosecuted for appears to be the bog-standard political rhetoric preceded the storming of the Capitol when Trump told supporters, quote, we're going to walk down to the Capitol. We're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. We're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength. You have to be strong, unquote. He never once said, storm the Capitol. He never once said, use violence or break and enter. He never once said, break any laws or do anything of the kind. He didn't say the things that people like Sheila Jackson Lee are saying. We have to go down and we have to get in the face of people. We have to fight for what we want. Well, that's just freedom of speech for someone like Sheila Jackson Lee. Now that the news comes out, that Biden wants to prosecute something, anything, against Donald Trump. Something Democrats once freaked out over during Trump's campaign when Trump supporters said, lock her up, in reference to Hillary Clinton. But now suddenly it's okay to say, lock him up, about Donald Trump. It's funny how democracy works, right? To paraphrase Dick Durbin, the senator, this is how Nazi and Soviet leaders behave. It's not how democracies work. Fidel Castro, Vladimir Putin... Communists put their political opponents in prison. Guess what? So is Volodymyr Zelensky putting all of his political opponents in prison in Ukraine. But the Democrats, the slimeballs and the mainstream leftist, progressive, liberal, woke media, they don't want you to know that. Volodymyr Zelensky has literally made it illegal to oppose him as the president, even in public speech. Maybe that's why Joe Biden looks up to Vladimir Zelensky so very much, and to Fidel, and to Vladimir. It's all fun and games when your president suffers from a loss of cognitive abilities, but it's another story when he starts threatening to criminalize the political opposition. 
This is the Truth Hurts program. I can't believe we are now into the second quarter of 2022. Well over the first year and a quarter of Mr. Biden's presidency. And The Motley Fool is talking about yet another stimulus update. While parents waited for boosted child tax credit to return, they say there's another windfall in play. Maury Backman says the fact that lawmakers have failed to keep the boosted child tax credit in place for this 2022 year has served as a major blow for families. What? They're not going to get free money anymore? They're not going to get free money because they don't work, they don't contribute, they don't pay taxes? Wah! Especially in light, this article says, of rampant inflation under Joe Biden's careful leadership and soaring gasoline prices under Joe Biden's wonderful leadership. Last year, the maximum value of the child tax credit rose from $2,000 to $3,600 for children under the age of six and $3,000 for each child aged six to 17. The credit also changed to become fully refundable, allowing families with no tax liability, meaning they don't pay taxes at all, to get money from the government tax-free. So let me just spell this out for you. If Lakeisha and Deshaun have four children, and all four of their children is under age six, doing the simple mathematics, not racist mathematics, but government mathematics, this wonderful family will benefit by getting a check for $14,400. And the government is calling it a tax refund, a tax credit for people who did not work or pay a dime in taxes throughout the year. I've done this before, but I think I need to do it again. And I'm going to use the state of Wisconsin as a basis for this discussion. In this example, a single parent, let's say a single AA 13% hyphenated American female who attends technical college, she want to be a hairdresser or a fingernail lady, She's raising two children, age seven and three. And because she's in school, she can only work a part-time job down to the fast food place. And she only earns $10,000 a year, about half the federal poverty level. We'll call her Latasha, for our example. Latasha got two little churns, a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. She earns $10,000 a year. She goes to school to become a hairdresser. In Wisconsin, she is eligible for food share, the state's version of the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, better known as food stamps or SNAP. She'll get WIC, Women, Infants, Children, subsidy for her three-year-old. The National School Lunch Program for the seven-year-old. Housing assistance, section aid or rental assistance or something of that's available. Federal and state tax credits, like the ones I mentioned earlier. Tax credits, even though she doesn't pay anything in income taxes, because she makes 10000 a year. The Pell Grant is paying for her school. The Wisconsin Higher Education Grant may help. The state's medical assistant program, called Badger Care Plus, is calculated separately because it depends on the use of medical services. So I'm going to break it down for you. This woman will get $5,356 per year from the food share program, $477 from WIC, $452 for the National School Lunch Program. She'll get something called Wisconsin Works, a $2,616 credit for nothing. 
She'll also get a tax credit called Wisconsin Shares, which will pay her $11,219 per year for nothing. She'll get federal Section 8 housing assistance of $9,048 a year, and she might be eligible for federal and state low-energy or low-income energy assistance, which could be as much as $3,000, $4,000 a year. She will get a tax credit of $5,050. She's only making $10,000 a year. You mean to tell me she was being taxed at 50%? No, she was being taxed at 0%. But she's going to get a federal income tax refund of $5,050 a year, even though she paid zero in taxes. Latasha will also get a state income tax in Wisconsin refund of $440, even though, again, she's paid no taxes. She's getting financial aid of $5,550 a year on her Pell Grant, plus a Wisconsin higher education grant available to people who enroll in a state university or technical college of $1,084. She, without the Badger Care Plus insurance for medical care for her kids and for herself, will see a $41,292 refund, money handed to her on top of her $10,000 salary. So she's actually getting $51,292 a year, of which she only earns $10,000 of that. The rest is welfare, giveaways, bribes for her to continue to vote Democrat. Our other example is a married couple. We'll call them Dan and Josephine. And just for the heck of it, we'll say they're a white couple. One parent is working part-time attending technical college, and the other is working a regular job. Their total earned income, money they actually made from working, is $50,000 a year. Both families' children are ages seven and three. So let's just say, you know, Don and Josephine's kids are the same age as Latasha's kids. Using the same exact formula for figuring out how much you are owed, the second family, Don and Josephine, get zero from food share zero from WIC, zero from the National School Lunch Program, zero from Wisconsin Works, zero from Wisconsin Shares, zero for federal housing assistance, zero for low energy income assistance. So yeah, here we go. Now remember, this is a full-time employee and a part-time employee also attending that same technical college. For their tax benefits, they will receive a $635 tax refund this year after working and earning, earning $50,000. Their state income tax, they will have to pay $1,147. So they owe a total, when you add up their little refund from the feds versus what they have to pay the state, they are now in the hole $512. Now, because of certain provisions within the Pell Grant program based on income, the member of that family who's going to technical school full-time will not receive $5,550 like Latasha gets. They'll only receive $4,900. And they'll receive less from the Wisconsin Higher Education Grant. So whereas Latasha got grants for college for $6,634, this other family only will get $5,911. Their total, total public assistance tax and student financial aid benefits 
will amount to $5,399. And to add insult to injury, they're only going to receive $2,760 from the Badger Care Plus Health Initiative. So, in total, Latasha, who only works part-time, has an annual income of $57,532. The other family, Don and Josephine, their income, including their tax refunds and all their benefits together, working full-time, one of them, part-time, the other one, their entire income is only $58,159. Difference of about 600 bucks. But Don and Josephine don't get housing assistance. They have to pay out of their 58000 for their house. Whatever their rent is or their house note is completely comes from them, nothing from the government. Same with their school lunches for their kids and their school breakfast. All of that is paid for out of their $58,159, where Latasha just gets to cruise on home. She'll get to do some hair and nails, and you know she'll do that on the side for cash money, so she'll never report that as income. And that is what is wrong with America. The Democrats put forth all of these so-called social welfare programs, but all they end up doing in the long run is hurting the workers who actually pay into the system. Such a shame. Anyway, folks, that's about all the time we have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Make it a great day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are free speech protected by the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics.